Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What do they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And oh my goodness, are you in for a treat today as I have another special guest. Her name is Barbara Bentley. Barbara is the Senior Director of Human Resources at Hub International. She is also a former San Antonio Sherm president, I want to say 2017. So good to have you on the show. Hey, Barbara, how you doing? I'm doing great. And you got, yeah, you got that right. 2017 was the year. 2017. Well, I always like to start the show off uh, reflecting of when I met my guests or maybe when they came into the path and we might even have not met yet. But for you, we met, and I want to, I want to see if you remember this, at the South Texas HR Symposium. I want to say it was around 2019-ish. Uh, maybe it was after that. Maybe it was 2021. But I was speaking at that conference. Do you remember that? I do. Absolutely. We, we had a great selfie, got your book, all those good things. <laughs> okay. So it had to be after, okay. So it had to be after 2019 because oh, I published yes, it in 2021. Right. Okay, good. Perfect. I love that conference. And I've, I've got uh, the opportunity to have others from San Antonio area. I've had Jennifer Swisher on the show. Oh, I love Swisher. President. Yep. Don Cunningham. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim George has been on the show and, and others. And so I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hey, uh, as we kind of get started here, I would love for you to share just a brief highlight of Hub International. For those who don't know, who's Hub International and how do you serve your customers? Sure. So Hub International is actually the fifth largest broker, insurance broker in the world. So uh, we're getting ready to celebrate our 25th anniversary. It started in Canada, but is now headquartered in Chicago. And actually, the company I'm with was Caddo and Caddo here in San Antonio. We joined Hub in December of 2021. And so we are really in the kind of mid-market insurance space, um, all kinds of offerings for clients. So uh, there's personal lines insurance for individuals. There's also commercial insurance for businesses, uh, employee benefits for employers who are looking to offer the best benefits they can for their people, uh, retirement and uh, wealth management just a host of things, risk services, consulting, HR consulting, um, lots and lots of good stuff. That's exciting. You know, especially whenever you say, hey, we're getting ready to celebrate 25 years. I mean, I love a good celebration. That's fantastic. Hey, let me ask this, and we're going to get into leadership. We're going to get into talking about, you know, changing lanes. I've been been doing a lot of uh, project research over that lately. I'm curious, like you just mentioned that, hey, now that you are in alignment now, uh, Hub International, what's that change been like for you as a leader? Oh, you know, so as you can imagine, when there's ever, you know, a merger and acquisition, uh, that's a that's a pretty common question. And I like to say that, you know, with any change, there's some things you lose, some things you gain. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, the losses are minimal. Uh, the the And sometimes the losses are desired. I lost the responsibility for managing all the FMLA administration, which was okay because that was about a lot of work. <laughs> and so, uh, so we, in other words, like gained this whole HR team with kind of centers of excellence that really help me do what I do best, and then work with that team. We've also had the great um, story behind it. You know that when that change happened, we had some people whose jobs changed, but we didn't. We did not have losses of of, of talent. Um, so that was a very, very good story along with that big acquisition change. I love that. 
okay. So if you're listening right now, there's going to be a lot of nuggets here. Go ahead and get out your pen, get out your journal, <laughs> losses and gains. I love the way you frame that up. And I think at the end of the day for us as leaders, it's about creating that story or sharing that story or helping people understand like, Hey, we may have some losses here, but boy, look at the gains and look where we're going. And I, I love how you, how you shared that. Hey, let me, let me ask you this. Let, let's get into uh, the Barbara Bentley story. I would love to hear your story and, and where'd you grow up and how in the world did you get into HR and, and leadership? You know, I, well, I'm from San Antonio, so born and raised San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Um, although I, I lived in uh, Western Washington for about five years, lived in Colorado Springs, almost eight, and then, you know, back, back to San Antonio. You know, a lot of times we talk to people in HR, so how did you get it? How did you get into HR? And sometimes people say by accident or just fell in my lap or what have you. But I'm one of those intentional HR people. When I was in, uh, you know, getting my bachelor's degree, I was actually at a point where I had both I had to declare the major, right? And so it was sociology and it was business, you know, with HR. And so I ended up with my bachelor's in business with the HR concentration and a minor in sociology. Mm -hmm. And then I I got my first job, you know, right out of college as an HR rep with Allstate in Seattle at the Seattle regional office. So that's where I kind of cut my teeth. And, um, you know, along the way, it's been, you know, that's like 30 years ago. So (laughs) Where does the time go, right? No. So, yeah. And then, you know, along along the way, and it's been, um, you know, some different states, some yeah, different companies, yeah. industries, sizes of companies, structures of companies. And I, I like to say that, you know, every one of those moves or changes mm. um, just kind of builds on the next, you know. Yeah. Um, and for anybody at Hub listening, I'm I'm not planning to leave. Don't worry, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I love that. Everything builds on each other. I heard Elizabeth McCormick share a quote one time. It said, everything you do builds your tomorrow. Yeah. Everything you do today builds your tomorrow. And when you said that, it made me think about that quote. I love the word intentional. And I love it, especially when you just put it together with intentional HR. It sounds like to me that's your... That's going to be your book, Intentional HR, Barbara. <laughs> I love that. But let me ask you this. So, so you, you, you're you right. A lot of people that I talk to, they're like, hey, I fell into this. I fell into the moving industry. I got a business degree. I had no idea what relocation was. Did you, Since you were intentional about getting into HR, was there, like, was there someone you saw? How did you know that you wanted to get into HR? Yeah, that's a great question. That I think that very first HR course I took, kind of the, you know, just HR management yeah. introductory yeah. sort of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I really loved about it is that it's this this great kind of mixture of business and people, so to speak. Just so much variety. I, I knew I wouldn't get bored. <laughs> you know, so much variety. Whether we're talking about you know leadership development, whether we're talking about total rewards, whether we're talking about you know you know, recruiting and talent acquisition, learning and development. I mean, just, there's just so many aspects to it. Um, I also love business law. Mm. And so I I had um, entertained the idea of going to law school, but instead I have a son who's a lawyer, you know, so, and in high school, by the way, I was all about journalism and I have a son, another son who's the newsletter editor for the San Antonio Express News. So I, I like to say that some of my childhood, and I, I didn't force them, they did that on their own. But but that's really the reason that I was so drawn to HR is that it 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 had like everything that I liked in one profession. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that story. You know, my daughter is a nutritionist and she knew from her senior year of high school exactly what she was going to do. And mm. she like just went that direction. And and for me, again, it's, I had to kind of find my lane, if you will. Hey, uh, I do want to ask you this question, though, because you mentioned that you've, you've been in it for a long time. You've, you've had a lot of success. We're there. I always like to, it seems to me like high performers like yourself, they just seem to have had mentors or some type of mentorship on their journey. For you, did you have any mentors that helped you get to where you are today? And if you did, what was it about them that made them such a great mentor? I am completely excited you've asked that question because I love any opportunity to talk about Dana Haygood. Mm. So Dana Haygood, um, he's now, he just, he retired maybe a little over a year ago from USAA. I was working in the USA um, Mountain States region in Colorado Springs. Um, I had transferred there for an employee relations advisor position. And while there, um, there was some growth happening. And so there was, instead of, you know, basically all of HR reporting to him, there were going to be some additional like management levels um, added. And so that is when I was first in a formal leadership role as an HR manager uh, reporting to Dana. And um, I absolutely kind of credit him with helping me find my, kind of, like you said, find my lane, um, recognizing the things that. Oh, I guess helping to recognize how I can take the things I'm passionate about and make them work for others and also giving me good constructive criticism when I need it so mm. I could course correct. And, and in a way that was just both transparent and and supportive, you know, at the same time. And he's he's a he's a great person, um, a great leader and a great HR guy. That's fantastic. I love that story. Um, I will tell you this though, um, and, and by the way, I, 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 I'm, I'm the same way. I love sharing and highlighting people that have just helped me on my journey. Uh, but you, you said a word here that I just wrote down, and it's criticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with criticism. I, I, I hate it, but I love it because I know it's going to help me grow. What was it like? How how was he able to do that? And and what did you learn from that that you're able to apply to when you're talking to others? So the the first moment of that is one of those kind of defining moments for me. Mm. And so I'm with him in his office. Hey, I want to chat with you about something. I'm like absolutely sure. And so he shared with me that some of my team had had shared some feedback with him that when they would come into my office to talk about something, we'd start talking, but that the phone rang, and this is before cell phones, by the way, but when the phone, <laughs> when the phone rang, um, I would always look over, check, and then, you know, things like that. So I would be distracted from the person, and it didn't feel good to people. And mm. I had no awareness, honestly, that I was doing that. I was just like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was doing that. Maybe I am. I, well, I'm sure if they told you, I'm sure I have done it. And I said, oh, okay, well, Boy, I will absolutely pay attention to that. Thank you for telling me. And I said, I said, oh, I'm just sorry they didn't tell me like in the moment. It's like, well, no one wanted to hurt your feelings, Barb. Mm. And I'm like, oh, and I, and it, and it occurred to me. So I I learned a couple of things from that. First, I learned don't do that Mm. (laughs) to people. Mm. Second, I, I, he was my role model learning how to have that kind of conversation with some, someone. And then third, I, I learned that it can be very difficult for a leader to receive constructive criticism. Mm. 
And even like fast forward decades later um, with my prior uh, CEO, Jamie Hain, another great leader, we were at a, at a speaking conference, you know, there were different speakers and there was someone who was formerly with Zappos and he said a great thing to do as a leader is to occasionally ask. So Bruce, tell me something you think I don't want to hear. And so I've kind of incorporated that into kind of how I work with people. Tell me something I don't want to hear. I love that question. I'm kind of excited and scared to ask ask that question. That is so good. I won't, I won't get to, to, uh, to, to personal reveal things that are private, but uh, I remember Jamie and uh, I might like in my pharmacy would, would do that. And I remember coming home from work telling my husband, oh yeah, so we, we have this thing now. Tell me something you think I don't want to hear. And he goes, well, what did you tell Jamie? And so I told my husband, he goes, you, what? Are you serious? Are you still employed? I'm like, yes, of course I'm still employed. No, we have yeah. a trust. We have trust and trust is so foundational. And that is one of the key things I learned from Dana Haygood too. In the very That's fantastic. What a great lesson uh, that you've been able to carry with you. And, and, you know, as we move further in our careers, it seems to me like the more vulnerable we are, because that's kind of a vulnerability question when I think about mm-hmm. that, but the more vulnerable we are, the more people can like connect with us and say, Hey, I see you. I, I want to know that too, or I want to share that or whatever the case may be. And so that, that's a fantastic question. I love that. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, you knew early on what you wanted to do and you got into the business and and here you are today. Um, I, I like to ask the question around purpose. Was there a time like, okay, so you said, hey, here's what I want to do. And, and here you are, you're in Colorado. Now you're in San Antonio. Was there like a moment though that like validated, you know what, I'm, I'm in my lane. I'm going to do this all the way through my career or you know, I need to change lanes. Was there a moment? I would say the the moment came, gosh, maybe it's like 10, 10 years ago. And it's not about validating or changing my lane in terms of HR, mm-hmm. but really in terms of like, who, who do I want to be and, 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 okay. and a leader? And, and it was at my, my dad's funeral. Um, it was at the, at the rosary and there was a, there was a man. So, you know, you know, I did a, a eulogy and, different people from the family and his best friend, you know, came and spoke. And then it was like, does anybody else want to say anything? And this man came up that I had never, never knew, uh, never met. And he told a story. I'll try to be brief. He told a story about how, when he was in either elementary or middle school, that he wanted to play trumpet, but his mom was scared because he had asthma. Mm -hmm. And so my dad and, you know, spoke to the mom and everything's like, you know, this will help, help him and things like that. And I will watch for him and all these things. And so he, this man talked about how my dad got, got involved to help him grow as a musician. He would even help the family out here and there, getting them dinner, what have you. And then he says, and today I'm the band director at John Marshall high school, Mr. You know, Chinto, Mr. Guzman gave me my life. And, and I sat there and I thought, that was just so moving to me. And I thought, here was dad, like outside of his normal job responsibilities, making a difference for someone, um, a, you know, a child really. And and yet it was a story I had never heard, that it was all that he did kind of, you know, without fanfare, if you will. That that was kind of a moment where I thought, 
I want to be like dad. <laughs> you know, I always felt that way about dad, but it's like, I want to be like dad. I want to be someone who, who makes a difference with, you know, even just like quietly. That's anyway, moving. I, oh my gosh. That's, I, that's, 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 that's my moment. Was I, with dad. I have chills. That's so good. <laughs> I'm so sorry about your dad, but what yeah. a great like moment, like in your life. Like that's a, I call them mile markers, right? They're just those times yeah. that where you just like, you don't ever forget that you like, as you're sharing this, I felt like I was just standing right next to you, listening to the gentleman tell the story. And, and here you are, you're getting to like validate how great a man you already knew he was. And yeah. now you want to like, even you want to like double down now on, okay, I want to do that. Well, let me ask you this. Did you, did you change anything after that? Or did you just like double down on what you were doing? I think I just got a, a little greater dose of humility. I think early on I was about, you know, learning and growth and making, you know, and, and moving up and getting more responsibilities and all these kinds of things. And I, I think it helped me be still and, mm. and really answer kind of a question about what really does matter mm. for me. And so this, you know, and everybody's different. So things, different things matter to different people, but I, but I think it was, I guess not a double down, not a you know wholesale change, but just kind of a little bit of a pivot or redirection. Yeah, it's it's always good to self reflect. I was having a uh, I was having lunch with a, a CHRO here in Dallas for a firm here, and I was telling her uh, I'm in the process of writing another book uh, around changing lanes, but the it, it the premise is around um, moving our careers from success to significance. Mm, and like whenever that. you are uh, pursuing success, you're trying to help yourself get to where you want to go. But whenever you are pursuing significance, you're helping others. And she said something to me, what, what made me think about that just now, she said something to me around that when I shared that with her. And she said, you know, I had a guy tell me one time, uh, there's really three stages in our career. We learn, we earn and return, right? So uh -huh. we're learning early on. And yeah. then all of a sudden now we're like, okay, now let's take this skill. Let's try to earn some money and try to earn a promotion and earn, you know, work our way up the ladder. But then we get to a point where like, okay, you know what? We need to figure out a way to return it. And that's, uh, to me, it sounds like that's where you're at. You're like, I want to like, I want to give, I want to return and help other people achieve uh, what, what I've achieved or, or get to where they need to go. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, we, we all, I, I, I love the whole idea of paradox, right? So mm. in a sense, I'm like, that's absolutely true. And like, oh, I wish I would have figured that out earlier on. But you know what? <laughs> I, had, I, 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 had, I had to take the path I took. And like like you already said, you know, yeah, everything that we do builds builds the next. Yeah. Um, a, kind of a related quote I like. It's from a, a poem by Emily Dickinson, I think. Mm. And it's uh, forever is composed of nows. And so... You know, that's where I, I get a little more appreciative hmm. of like every, every moment, every hmm. interaction. I love that. Everything, yeah, you know, like it's kind of this this paradox of the thing that is insignificant is significant. Oh, yeah. No question. No question. Oh, my goodness. I have like I could like I I have so many things rolling through my head right now that I want to talk about. I, want, I do want to talk about leadership here. You know, I, I was, you know, leadership, it seems to me that. I don't know. Everybody has like this different definition of leadership. And so I like to ask the question to my guests, 
Uh, when someone says, hey, Barbara, what's leadership to you? How, how do you typically respond to that? To me, it's about going first, but being last, mm. you know? So I think it's in part, it's about, you know, there's some, there's some courage, right? To, 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 to forge like next steps, but it's also the, the concept of servant leadership where um, it's, it's about other people. It's not about me. And so that's why I like to kind of, kind of capitalize that as, you know, going first, but being last. Mm. So that's just how I think of it. That's fantastic. I love every bit of that. Write that down. Go first, be last. I, I'd like, I'm like wanting to put that on my wall here. I mean, just <laughs> as you shared that, I could like feel what you're saying. You're like, hey, listen, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, I think uh, I heard John Maxwell talk about, you know, uh, uh, knowing the way, going the way, and then showing the way. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because, you know, even though you know the way, you still have to go the way. So you got to go first and then, you know, show the way and, 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 you know, be less like, okay, let them, you know, get to where they need to go and just be their support. Let me, let me ask you this. When it comes to HR, there's so many different, like, oh, there's so many different areas, right? There's, yeah. you know, I mean, there's L&D, there's compensation, there's employee relations. I mean, we can name them, right? We could be here for hours and name all the different hats that you wear. What do you you enjoy most? I think what I enjoy most is helping leaders find their way in terms of being a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think the reason why I've come to that conclusion over the years Mm -hmm. um, is because for any given team member, there's all the things that an organization does for their people. But for any given team member, it has a lot to do with that that relationship with, with a leader. It's why I named Dana Haygood. It's why I named Jamie, Jamie Hayne and so forth. And so I think I can have more impact by helping them be who they need to be, want to be for their teams, whether that's like advising, consulting, listening. And that could be with onboarding new talent. It could be looking at how we're, People are advancing their careers. It could be employee relations issues. It could be, you know, conflict and how do we have healthy conflict versus, you know, something that's unhealthy or dysfunctional. Um, so I think that's my favorite part, really, uh, being in the HR world. I love that. As a matter of fact, you put on your LinkedIn, I, I was right down uh, or I wrote down aspires to positively impact the HR profession through teaching and advocacy. And I'm thinking what you just shared just now kind of aligns with that. I do want to ask, though, um, it's not easy. <laughs> a lot of times, I don't know, it's the influences really isn't, isn't the word, but uh, helping business unit leaders or other leaders in different companies, you know, go the way. Maybe, you, you know, you're trying to help them understand and then all of a sudden it's just not working out. How do you typically deal with that? I mean, that kind of... Uh, it's not really conflict, but it's just like, how do you, how, how do you try to influence? Well, growing up, my dad used to say, because I do, I'm an introvert, but I'm a talker. And my dad used to say, you have two ear, uh, two ears and one mouth. You should be listening more than you're talking. And so if, if something is, I don't know, like stalled or just not quite in sync, then I first like to find out, okay, what, what am I missing, right? 
not, hey, why aren't they doing something? No one can change anyone. We can create conditions that help motivate all those sorts of things. But I first want to find out what what am what am what's my contribution to this stagnation or stalemate or or whatever. Um, and it may be that hey, that's that's not where they're at right now. So you meet them where they're at, not where you think I they need to be. So I know that sounds very conceptual. It's, it's kind of hard to nail down like a story or an example of that. But but that's my my first thing to do is to think about all right, what am what am I what am I missing here? I love how you shared that because when I wrote the book Life in Leadership Lane, I actually went out to a lot of different leaders in the community, uh, high performers, and I was trying to, you know, nail down the five steps for developing influence. And one of the common things that came back was you got to be a good listener. Like it was very clear that was right at the top and listening also uh, builds trust. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you you said uh, a few minutes ago about um, about seeing someone. Everybody wants to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. Seen, heard. Um, you know, there's there's that proverbial phrase for HR about having a seat at the table. I'll be honest, I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I like having a you know having a voice, right? A, a voice that's invited, that's sought out, that's heard. Um, but at the same time, before I have voice, I need to listen and learn. Mm-hmm. It, it it's funny because um, one of the other things about teaching and like you mentioned Jerry George, she uh, I've known Jerry in diff- different ways. So um, sometimes through the, the business world, her company, our our agency, uh, and then also through San Antonio Sherm because um, she she succeeded me as the next president, um, and then she started teaching at Trinity, and then and I said oh, I might want to do that someday, and then now I am. Oh, and, wow. I and, did not know that. Okay. Oh, very good. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So that's one of the things, I mean, I just talked about that, about voice in the, in the last class. I want to, I, I want to dive into this just for a second, because I, uh-huh. I love, I, I think people want to feel valued. They want to be heard. I mean, we've seen all types of studies and everything on that. If you want to create engagement and all of that, how do you help people that want to use their voice, but they just, I don't know, they just haven't maybe it's not the courage. They just don't feel like it's their place. Any thought there may be some, and the reason why I ask that there may be some people listening right now. They're like, Oh man, I need to, I need, I want people to hear me right now. We need to change this policy or we need to do something different. I don't know. What's a tip you might share with them to be heard. I, I guess it is coming back to listening. So, well, I mean, let's say there's something that I really want to kind of bring forward. And, and I think it's, you know, kind of discerning. So who, who, who should I start with? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, Hey, I've been thinking about this particular concept or whatever it is and say, I really would appreciate hearing your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Because when you ask somebody to share their thoughts, then there's this natural reciprocity where the, then you can share your thoughts. That's fantastic. I, I was talking to, um, I think it was Diane Sanford uh, in season one. And she talked about a lot of times uh, it's important that when you're developing influence, and this is kind of what we're talking about in the workplace, uh, you need to really connect with the, uh, she called them, you know, sponsors, but even the naysayers. Oh, yeah. You know, right. You need to even go because when you ask them to share their perspective, of course, they're glad to do that. Uh, but it's a chance for you to really listen. And then they also also feel heard too, right? Absolutely. And I, and, you know, we we all the, the 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 beauty and the 
challenge is is just you know let's just be honest about it. it's people right mm. so um, I mean we're we're all we're all different and that's great and at the same time there's sometimes you know where we're not we're not in sync um, and it's and it's really I think a matter of recognizing that absolutely everyone has something to offer mm. and it's a matter of being able to figure out how to mine for that you know yeah. I love that I love that hey what drives you it's this whole thing about embracing paradox. Whenever anybody asks me what my like core ethic is, core value, my answer is joy. Hmm. And and it goes back to dad. So and it's and the reason I say it's joy, it's about um, recognizing joy that is all around us, hmm. and it's about you know kind of figuring out what joy can I put into the world. And and it's not from a, like a Pollyanna rose-colored glasses perspective because there's great power in, the, in regret uh, i'm not afraid of saying yeah i regret that and it's it doesn't bring me down it's like i learned from that right mm. but it's really about you know how to leave just like leaving a place better than it was because you were there um it's about building someone up it, it's about being someone that is there for other people Mm. my dad I always say my dad after he met somebody they would feel better about themselves mm. after being after talking with dad and as you can tell I love my dad and so uh, I love that what yeah, was your dad's so, name Jacinto Jacinto Jose Guzman I love that oh man yeah. this is so my daughter bought me a sign I'm looking at it right now it's not it's not in the in the screen here for those listening but it says find the joy in the journey Oh, I'm the go. joy in the journey. And she said, dad, I want you to have this, this, this is perfect. And I'm like, yes, I love that. And I love how you shared that your value is joy. I love that. Hey, well, let me, let me, uh, let me ship just uh, over here to volunteer leadership. You mm -hmm. have been a former president of a large Sherm chapter in the great city of San Antonio. What, uh, I don't know what, first of all, let me ask you this. What you, I mean, we're all busy. There's people that listening right now. They're like, Hey, I'd like to be involved, but I'm busy. What made you like go back to that moment when you joined or started attending Sherm meetings? What made you or or motivated you to go to that meeting? Let's let's start there. Well, way back when in the early 90s, okay. it, it was it was all about, oh, I'm in HR now. I need to meet other HR people, okay. not just okay. in my company, but outside the company. Of course, get the, back then, get my PHR, get my credit, you know, so some of those are very good. It's very like a utilitarian sort of reason. Right. But but then it really became about, you know, just just having those kind of colleagues and, and relationships um, across industries, across types of organizations, across, you know, HR structures, um, because sometimes it, it's very easy to get kind of tunnel vision where you are. Um, and this is an antidote, you know, to mm. that. And then, you know, we have these symposiums. It's great keynote speakers, like somebody I took a selfie with. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, um, so that's what really kind of drew me to want to, to just to want to be a member. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, and I had volunteered for some committees here and there, but, but yeah. then I always simply asked. Yeah. I love Someone that. asked and I, I said, yes. Yeah. Well, here's here's where I want to go with that. Okay, so uh, you were a president, uh, few, you know, several years ago. 
when you look back at it, what like what did you get from that? Because when you're the president, you're putting in a little bit more time and it's not during your work hours. <laughs> it's usually after work hours on the weekends. What, what uh, I don't know, what are some takeaways? Because I want people to hear, hey, you know what? The, the, it's so important to, first of all, be part of something more than the workplace. But when you get involved as a volunteer, here's like, here's what it looks like on the other side. I don't know your thoughts on what, you know, maybe something you took away from it. Well, I, I think what I took away from it is just kind of the inner interconnection. It's almost like a ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yes, we have our local chapter um, and then there's Texas SHRM. Then of course there's national SHRM. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there have been those opportunities to meet people like outside, you know, it kind of expands your sphere, not just your, you know, people think of sphere of influence, but also just your sphere of connection. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's the greatest um, kind of benefit to being involved. And, and the more you're, you know, involved, yeah, you, you form the bonds are stronger. I mean, you think about it, whether it's in a volunteer sort of environment or at work or what have you, when you're working side by side with someone, you're kind of you're kind of going through the journey and you're like in the trenches together. And that that builds those bonds and makes them stronger. And, you know, one of the things that it does or two things that it does that come to mind is that it helps when you have those strong bonds. It helps you withstand the difficult times. Mm. And when you have those strong bonds. Um, it gives you like a way to get outside of yourself, mm. you know, and and really kind of appreciate those other people that yeah. are that are just in your life and your profession and your professional, you know, um, tribe. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it helps build your confidence. And mm-hmm. I always talk about, you know, when you are in these different environments, you get to see what good looks like and you get to see what not good looks like. Yeah. Uh, maybe you know inconsistency looks like what consistent looks like what excellence looks like and so there's just so many things to take away from that and so I'm so glad you shared that I do want to ask you this final question before we shift I don't know for those listening was there like share maybe one thing that you has helped you like leadership development what's one thing that you do or have put a practice in your life that's helped you grow as a leader? I, I think that one thing that I try to do on a, on a regular basis is to proactively check in with people. Mm. It's like being busy is a problem. Mm. You know, if, if you're like a slave to being busy, then you're not leaving space for the kind of important things. And, and I don't, it's like, I recognize this, it's a practice, Am I good at it all the time? No, I'm not, mm. you know, but it's, it's about proactively checking in and, 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 and using whatever those even um, moments are that aren't, that aren't planned, that are just spontaneous and, you know, as, as a way to, to just connect. That's such great advice. I love that. I, I wrote down check in, but I also circle busy. Cause yeah. every time we ask someone today, like, Hey, how's it going? Busy. I'm busy, busy, yeah. busy. We're all busy. But then I've started asking, but is it the right busy? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden people will like pause on that one. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Let me think through that here for just a second, right? 
And when you talk about checking in, that is what I call like the right busy because you are investing in people and making people feel heard and valued and listening. And uh, that I, I share this, actually, I shared this in the book. There's no greater return on the investment of people. That's true. That's fantastic. I like, I, along that, I like to share, you know, talk about defining moments. There is one story I thought about oh, when we were going to do this that I wanted share. to share. This goes back to, um, I was, I was at, uh, at a company, it was a chemical manufacturer, uh, auto automotive aftermarket um, industry. And so there was an employee who was in production and wanted to get into um, uh, being like a claims rep, you know, the warranty claims that we had on the product. And so, you know, I would, I would meet with him and, you know, you know what, I know you're unhappy about some things. Mm. I said, but keep your house in order. Do not let anything that is stressful translate into anything that would not you know, reflect well on you. So keep these mm. things in mind. Worked with him on interviewing and his res, inter, you know, internal resume, all this other stuff. Eventually, there was an opening. He interviewed. He was selected. Um, that was not my decision. That was the department direct, you know, the director's decision and those sorts of things. And then later on, we're just in this moment, like crossing paths. And he just he didn't he actually didn't say anything or he did. But he he just looked at me. and He's like, mi corazón. And and that moment just has always stayed with me. Oh. And then, you know, here's, you know, later, right, I moved to another company and um, there was something about his, anyway, he, he messaged me and he says, oh, he got to see his mom. His mom was, you know, lived in another country and um, so excited to see her. And he says, by the way, I know you never met my mom, but trust me, she knows who you are. Aww. And, uh, and I, and I feel very arrogant in saying that, but it was just so meaningful to me oh. just that that one little thing you know just made such a difference to me and what it did is it helped me remember what's important well and it it reminds me of that quote about people don't think about or remember what you said but they sure made you remember how you made them feel oh my goodness barbara this has been so good hey i want to shift to the last part of our segment mm -hmm. i like to call it's time to accelerate I like to ask a few fun questions. The first question I like to ask is, would you rather read a book or listen to an audible or, or a podcast? Well, despite the fact that we're on a podcast book, <laughs> <laughs> you can see back there, I got lots of books. Yes, you um, do. I love that. I do. I, I love, I love books and I love hardcovers. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a book person. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way too. Hey, I always talk about great leaders or grateful leaders. What do, what are you most grateful for? You know, I am grateful I, I can't really answer that question in terms of a singular thing. It's like the answer really is everything. Mm -hmm. So every, every, every success, every failure, every mm -hmm. joy, every regret, I mean, just everything, you know, it's kind of like, we, we, we I think all of us can look back. It's like, ah, oh, I, I wonder what would have happened if I did this instead. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that's a curious question, Yeah. but, but not when I dwell on because yeah. I'm, I'm here. You always talk yeah. about how I've had a lot of failure <laughs> in my life, but I'm, I've grown from that. That's what's shaped yeah. to who I am today. So would I go back and change anything? You know, I don't know. You, you could say maybe you could, but I wouldn't be the same person I am today if I did. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say that uh, was well, just a season of I life. Have, yeah. I wouldn't have baked as many cookies as I did during <laughs> the pandemic, but, <laughs> but, but I did. That's fantastic. I love but, that. Um, 
And then, of course, you know, the people that are closest to me, you know, yeah. I've obviously talked about my dad a lot, yeah. Uh, yeah. my husband, my mm. kids, my two sons are just amazing human beings. I love that. Um, so. That's fantastic. This is great. Hey, let me ask you, I got two more questions. First one is what, like, what energizes you outside of work? What, what really moves you? What do you like to do? In a very, from a very practical answer, Orange Theory Fitness. So uh, it's the only thing that has mm. worked for me. And I love that place. I oh. love the people there. I love going there. Um, but um, I love travel. Mm. Uh, I don't get to do it nearly as much. I had a life-changing travel experience in um, Italy as part of a graduate course. And that was just phenomenal. And then just, you know what, every day, so my, my younger son just recently moved back to San Antonio. And so um, he's here while he figures out where he wants to, his apartment to be. But we just, we just chill on the back mm. porch, you know, um, at the end of the day. And we just, we, we, we talk, there's like, no, no phones, the dogs, the cat. I mean, just almost like stillness in a way, but togetherness mm. at the same time. I love that. That's the best kind of travel right there. Stillness yeah. and togetherness. That's yeah. fantastic. I love that. Okay. Here's my last question. Okay. Uh, probably my favorite question. Barbara, 10 years older is around the corner. She's knocking uh, at your door and you're going to go answer that door. What's she going to say to you today? She's going to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. It's It's okay. Because it took me a long time to feel that way. How did you get comfortable with being uncomfortable? That's the question everybody wants to hear right now. Recognize that, you know, so there's that thing. It's like, how, how many challenges have you overcome in life? You know, well, I guess all of them, because here I am, right? Mm. So I, I think it's recognizing that what's on the other side of, mm. of change is good. I love that. It, it's good. And it may not be what you thought, but it's still good. And and even if it's not the best, okay, well, it's the, it's the platform for the next thing or what have you, but just like, don't be afraid. We're circling back to losses and gains. Yeah. I love that. This has been so much fun, Barbara. I told you the time was going to fly by and it has. Uh, hey, for someone that heard something you shared today and you shared some amazing uh, tips and advice and things for us to, to take with us. If somebody said, "Hey, I want to, I want to connect with you to learn more about you," how's the best way for them to connect? Probably on on LinkedIn because okay. you can always send a message and things like that. Perfect, and I'll put your link in the show notes. Appreciate you coming on, just sharing your perspective, your your wisdom. This has been so good, and and mostly appreciate your friendship so much, Barbara. Well, likewise, and and I know you talk about busy. I mean, you do a lot of things, but why do you do them? Because you love it, and so thank you for for having this podcast as part of that for like I said, all, all the joy and the good you put out in the world. So appreciate awesome. that. Bruce. Find the joy in the journey. I love it. Barbara Bentley. Thank you so much. I can't wait to share this. Thank you. 